in. So this is episode dot 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 because I don't remember. Um, but we're now May fifteenth after a long hiatus um, during COVID nineteen or C nineteen, however you want to state that. And um, just kind of a recap, guys, talking about what's happened, where we're at, um, what we see that's happened, and what we see going forward. Um, so Shay is back down in Alvin. Uh, we're out in the patio. It's like 73 degrees and 100% humidity, um, right? Like at least 99%. So um, I'll start it off. Quarantine for what? Like 48 days? Something of that. Days. Yeah. Um, yeah. People who live in Houston, um, like Shay, um, had a little rougher than those of us that live a little more rural. But uh, population density definitely played a factor in it. Um, as you compare COVID to a basic risk analysis, uh, look at the amount of people that are together in places like New York City, um, Chicago, San Diego, Los Angeles, um, which were some of our highest incident rates. I say incident rate as in casualties, right? Um, not to take away any sympathy for those that have passed, but when you put that many people together, um, you're on top of each other. And the analogy I was told was, imagine the uh, doorknob going into a high-rise in New York City. Oh, well, not even doorknob. Let's talk about a swivel door. Or let's talk about elevator buttons. Um, when you've got 500 to 1,000 people living in one building uh, versus let's just compare my house where it's me and my wife, my two kids. Um, granted, they both work. My wife works. But there's a... Uh, difference of exposure rate there that leads to a higher incident rate it's very basic i think it's a lot like riding a motorcycle on the freeway if there's a one in ten thousand chance well ten thousand cars are going to pass you yep. if you're adding that kind of traffic it's just going to keep building up and building up your the small risks you're taking and then uh you look at the market crash and how much of that was i'll use the word real and how much of that was manufactured uh, because it happened very, very quickly. Um, we even got some political officials being investigated over how quickly things happened and how quickly their funds were moved. Um, I don't know. I mean, that led to the negative eight dollars a barrel on gas on gas eventually, or sorry, on a barrel of crude, which uh, didn't lead to any piracy. That's a good thing. No ships <laughs> um, kidnapped, <laughs> held hostage. So there is a bonus to that. But from a negative eight dollars, I mean, uh, what was the thing you saying? You know, you catch people siphoning gas into your tank um, at the gas station instead of uh, siphoning gas out of your gas tank. Thoughts on market and, uh, and, and crude price? I mean, it's supply demand. I get it, but for it to drop that much that quickly, so many parameters had to fall in place. It's like the perfect storm. And it's not. It's not going to get for drilling necessarily better anytime soon because. You have Russia entering the market hard, and they can get oil out of the ground for $40 a barrel. So, Well, I was having a conversation with somebody um, actually yesterday, and they were saying that Permian, uh, they can get it out for 30 a barrel now. Nice. So there's some, some benefit there. But on the same token, it's kind of been the U.S. policy is let's use other people's oil before we use our own. Um, but what does this do to your opportunities as a HSE professional inside of oil and gas, which is most of you guys that are listening are oil and gas. So I can't tell you what to do about the market. Um, I can tell you that there's multiple drilling contractors that have filed for bankruptcy. Um, there's operators that have literally locked their doors. 
Um, I know a couple up in Dallas that literally just closed, shut the wells in, and when oil and gas prices come back up, then we will uh, look at reopening the wells, go back in, recomplete them, and get them working. Sort of an opportunity for us. I think this is going to be like the Sims rule, except it's going to be for everybody, and there are going to be a lot of guidelines, a lot of new procedures that need to be written, a lot of new compliance issues. There are so many things that we haven't even thought of. Ambulance is coming for you. Yeah. It's right there. It's coming for the. It's coming for anybody who owns a drill ship. Yeah. <laughs> it's true too. Or a cruise ship. But the. Uh, On a side note, cruises are ridiculously cheap. Galveston, we found a cruise the other day. It's like sixty-two dollars a day for a couple in one room. Sixty-two dollars a day for a cruise. I can drink that much a day easily. Eat. Amazing. So cruises are dying as well. Um, again, look at your risk. Look at the people you're packing in one spot. It's uh, basic. But if, if that's going to come back, you know, there's, there's going to be opportunities uh, for us as sort of compliance and safety professionals. There are things we haven't even thought of. We have social distancing and we have masks and we have tape on the floor. But there are things as, as small as the material on your watch band or whether something is stored indoors or outdoors or what kind of clothing that you're meant to wear, or what kind of hours you're meant to work, um, the way that, that food service is going to be handled. It, not just space between people or food preparation, but maybe even the uh, types of materials we use in the kitchen and how everything is stored and lined up. And somebody's gonna have to keep abreast of that as, as the developments keep coming at us. So again, a lot like Sims. And, and hopefully there's going to be some career opportunities for some of us who are leaving the drilling industry and doing that kind of thing. And, and I'll use the words leaving the industry as a caution to many. Um, there are plenty of opportunities outside of the HSE, outside of the oil and gas world in HSE. Um, I've got friends that have gone to engineering, some that have gone to warehouses, restaurants. Um, there's retail outlets that are actually hiring. The HSE search on LinkedIn or Indeed or any of the places that you search, if you will just remove oil and gas from that search engine, watch your inbox fill up. Um, they are very keen to oil and gas experience and knowledge base. If anything, they think you're going to be like 6'8 and 300 pounds and wooly. <laughs> so uh, make sure you present uh, yourself in the most professional manner possible uh, because it is an opportunity out there elsewhere if oil and gas is beating you up right now, uh, which I know many, many friends that are going through this. So maybe that's something to try. We always talk about a takeaway. Or you can go to Georgia. Or you can go to Georgia. That's There's, your takeaway. There are job opportunities out there. They all require things that we said we never wanted to do, like uh, relocate, move your family. But it's out there, and, and uh, if we can't get accustomed to making less money, and we may have to get accustomed to doing more for the money we get. But we, we'll, um, on the LinkedIn, start trying. On Indeed, start trying to look for things in other industries just to see what's out there. It might and be something that surprises you. We're saying this because we have both individually received multiple uh, phone calls and emails. I'll say emails for me. I know you talked about phone calls earlier, but I've had a couple of emails even asking what to do and where to go. Uh, by no means am I an expert on this, guys. I've just been doing the consulting and... Uh, People seem to find me, and I go do work for them, and they like it, and I get referred. Um, so keep your head up. Um, be mindful. Be grateful for what you have in front of you, because um, it could always be worse. It could always be worse. 
Um, but we're at eight minutes now, so I think it's time to terminate because I don't want to go over the 10 minute this time. So appreciate it, guys. We'll talk to you all soon.